Hello, and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I am your host, Brennan Pointer, along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? If you think I'm lying, drop the bomb. If you think I'm crazy, drop the bomb. But don't drop the bomb just because you're following orders. That was a really good Dustin Hoffman. I'm impressed. Thanks. Drop the name of this bomb movie. This movie is uh, Outbreak. Yeah, we're talking about the the 1990s, 90, uh, um, what Five. year is it? 95 yeah. movie, Outbreak, um, about, about a world pandemic, um, which is not very, um, which is very kind of like the situation we're in, but not as bad as Outbreak, or not just more, not as dramatic as Outbreak, I should Pe- say. People aren't as bad of actors as the people in Outbreak. <laughs> yeah, we'll get up, we'll get into that. Um, but uh, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm quarantined. <laughs> I'm fucking quarantined. <laughs> I, there was this, there was this like Dragnet video or something that came out like two years ago when all the millennials were hating. There's a lot of like millennial hate on Trump, and it was like how much progress society has made. And I remember one of his notes was, you never walk by a house with a quarantine sign on it anymore, do you? I was like, well, actually, pal, <laughs> we're all fucking quarantined. Like, I, I don't know what to say. I live in the Bay Area, if uh, those of you who are new to this podcast are just learning, and we were the first to go into full lockdown. I was among the six, the first six counties in to go into full lockdown mode outside of San Francisco. And uh, it's it's weird. I, How are you? I, um, well, we are not in shelter in place yet. We will imagine at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on uh, March 20th, we will be here in, uh, here in the great state of Washington. I'm actually kind of surprised that we haven't been put in the shelter in place yet since this is like the, since we're in the state that's like started it all. Um, yeah, Washington and California are yeah. like. The, like the two there's the most frequent travel from china to seattle and san francisco that's i guess that's the best way to say it right and so yeah i think we're gonna probably be on lockdown here in the next four hours but um we've been on lockdown like i haven't been working i've been working from home all week like i can still go do the same things i've been doing which is go to the store and get food and come home like i haven't been doing anything but that this week um <laughs> but yeah i've had to so I'm an essential service. I provide housing, real estate services. So me and our happily employed. Um, and I, I don't, I mean that sincerely. There's a lot of folks down in California that have been laid off. They've lost hours, wages. You know, I manage 800 rental units and I, my phone and email hasn't stopped with tenants saying, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent in April because no one's working. And f- for me, that's that I, I can't even imagine how scary that is on top of the virus. So I'm feeling very thankful to keep my job and uh hear where I'm at and knowing that other people have it a lot worse than me. Yeah, I, I would I would echo that in that I too have a job that I can work remote. I don't I do not provide an essential service. Um but I Bernie, do, you're not you're essential to me. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah, I you know I work in marketing, so people are still marketing during this. I think once the shelter in place happens, there'll be some there'll be some 
you know, people not marketing anymore um, because they can't go into people's homes and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, I just have a lot of friends here in Spokane that um, are in the service industry and do not currently have any way of making an income. And they own restaurants and they own businesses and it's freaking crazy. So it is crazy. I It's going to be, well, assuming it doesn't kill us, it's going to be one of those things we talk about forever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to, uh, we're going to talk about, yeah, the coronavirus uh, for, yeah, the rest of our life. It's going to be the, tw- the yeah. 2020 corona lockdown. Uh, I do have to ask, did your, is your wife, did she, did her trip get canceled? Yes. So <laughs> my wife's trip to San Diego this weekend got canceled, as did our, vacation to ireland with my parents which is two months that got canceled obviously but you know that everyone has a story like that yeah everyone does yeah it's just yeah i i was i'm running the boston marathon and that got canceled or got postponed until september i don't we may have mentioned this on another show but brennan was one of the few americans to qualify for the boston marathon which is a pretty big deal and that's that's pretty shitty brennan had worked and ran every day for like over a year and he qualified, which is not easy. And then this happens. And, that you know, obviously we're all dealing with a lot of postponements and cancellations. So I don't want to make this more important than it is compared to those things. But I would say that it was a pretty big deal to Vernon. And I'm really looking forward to him being able to go when it when it is resumed. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still planning on going. And I uh, I still am running every day. Um, that hasn't changed. So I'm... Uh, yeah, it's I get to train in the in warmer weather. I get to get more in shape. Yeah, it's it's good. It's not I'm not I'm not too worried. I get to go to Boston in September and not in not in uh, early spring. So yeah, they don't, wait. They pay your air travel? No. Oh, you said you get to go. Like I made it sound like. Ah, uh, sorry. No, no. I I yeah I. I'm I'm going to you know go myself. I figured. Yeah, um, I figured. Yeah, but yeah, so it's just it is what it is, and uh, there's not really anything anyway. And it's small potatoes compared to like people that are really truly getting affected by this, like you know where it counts. But so so how can we help? We're helping provide entertainment. That's uh, we right. Thought, yeah. We got to get back to our podcast and give the people something to listen to while you're sitting at home trying not to kill each other. Yeah, and I think one of the things. Yeah, we yeah we're definitely we're providing an essential service, and we can do this from the the comfort of our own homes. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> please send us some money. I mean, you know, I, I take Venmo. Um, my name, my handle is Bropo Mode. Um, you can just send me money there. Um, I'll take it. So I'm sure Adam is. You know, he'll probably just do this for free. So. That's true. Send Brennan the money. He's stuck at home with twin four-year-olds. That, I'm not. That's true. Um, I'm. I don't know how long I'm going to stay. How long I'm going to stay sane for? But uh, especially if we get he, to shelter in place and we really can't go anywhere but to the grocery store. It's coming, man. It's coming. Ugh. Br- Brennan's already starting to lose his mind a little bit. He he changed his look. He he now, <laughs> he now resembles a character from Wee Bowling. Or he's got bright blue hair, and but he's still got this big, thick, like uh, hockey player beard that's in his natural color. And I, all I can say is that it makes your skin look great. Oh, thank because you. Because the, 
the contrast <laughs> really brings it out. Like your like where your cheeks and nose and forehead are, it looks very healthy, very good skin. It, the contrast against the blue. I don't know if anyone else has told you that. Uh, well, my stylist, he was like, because I, I was like, I wanted to do like purple or like, um, and uh, he's like, no, you're going to like teal would be better because teal will go with you know your complexion and your beard and you know my my stylist knows better than i, Can do. I just say so. that your, your stylist was right and yes. i don't know what you tipped him but <laughs> next time you go i would tip him again very well I, I, it's a friend of mine his name's nate uh nate martin he's a stylist here in spokane he does an amazing job and uh yeah you, okay, um, well, there you go shout out to nate martin in spokane who's probably looking for uh, some some gigs right about now he, uh, he's he, in the service industry yes he is so. he's uh, that's why he came to my house and did this he cut abby's hair and he uh, colored my hair so if any of you uh, spokane peeps are looking for a good hairstylist you can reach out to brennan and he'll pass along that information privately absolutely oh so well let's let's dig in so so because of this out because of this outbreak because of this uh this virus the covid-19 the coronavirus um one of the top movies on Netflix is Outbreak, the 1995 movie that we talked about earlier, starring Dustin Hoffman, Cuba Gooding Jr., Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Russo, Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, Donald Sutherland, and Patrick Dempsey. Um, star-studded, I, I guess. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how famous Kevin Spacey was in 1995. Um, he must. He was probably. It was like right before seven, so not quite yet. Yeah, okay. And like usual I think suspects seven was like I think that was ninety five too. So I think like Kevin Spacey's coming out years were like <laughs> well, not, <laughs> maybe not his coming out years, but his best his premier I'm gonna be a movie star uh opening was probably like ninety five, ninety six. And so I was like I was like, This is trending on Netflix. Um it's like right now I think it's like the seventh like Netflix has released this like top top movies on you know on their service right now and i think the last time i checked it was like six or seven and and i text adam on sunday let's get back in the podcasting let's you know let's let's start doing this again and let's start with outbreak it's very topical and we have all this time to watch you know this movie and uh, i remember watching it when i was a kid and i was like oh i'll go back and watch it and i tried to watch it about three or four times and every time i started it i just fell asleep or i it, it's just it's dog shit, but um, <laughs> but let's uh let's not talk about my opinion on it right now. Let's, let's talk about the, what the what, what's let, that? Let's thank let's thank the fans too. Oh yeah, let's thank the fans. I'm sorry, I'm totally going off topic, or I'm just going to say that jumping ahead. I just want to say that our listens continue to be awesome, right, Brennan? Absolutely, yeah, we're doing we're doing great. People are listening to our show every day, and I I appreciate you listening to the show and continuing to listen and. I think yeah, we're passing pick, it on. We're picking up followers every you know every day, and we've we've just been slacking. So if you've been listening and you've been waiting for a new show, thank you. If you've been just like listening and have been kind of like just listening to episodes here and there, thank you. And I yeah, we totally appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to the show. And you know, if you've been listening, you enjoy it. Please, please, please go onto iTunes and give us those five star reviews. They are so helpful in helping us get higher in Apple's organic rankings and, you know, just helps people find our podcast more easily. 
Yeah, five-star reviews on iTunes. You can also email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. Super90sbrothers all spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and uh, make requests if you've got 90s stuff you want to hear about, and we will consider it. And if we know enough about it, we will do it. Yeah, and if you want to email us, it's super90sbrothers at gmail. And if I'm going to throw out a new, uh, a new social plug in there because I don't really go on Twitter that much as myself. Um, but if you want to find me on Instagram, I am at the digital craftsman and you can find me there. You can slide in my DMS there and, uh, I can, you can, yeah, you can follow me there. I'll, I'll, yeah. Anyways. Um, okay. So let me talk about, let me give a brief synopsis of this pile of shit. Like I I don't want to mince words. Brennan was right. This movie is terrible. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Okay. So the movie starts out and it's in like Zaire and there's all these like dead Africans and this dude shows up in like a space suit and they're like, Oh, look at all these people. And it's Donald Sutherland's voice, but you can't see his face because it's supposed to be like 30 years in the past and they didn't know how to cast a young Donald Sutherland. <laughs> so it's just some spacesuit looking guy with Donald Sutherland voiceover. And he's like, Oh, you'll all be safe. Let me take a blood sample. Let me help you. And like, Oh, thank you, Americans. Thank you. And then the next thing you know, they're like, they're like nuking the fucking place. Like they, they blow the place up. And then it's like, and then it's like present day, which is like 1990s. Like present day is such the wrong thing to do in a movie because it ages so badly. Just say the year. Just say 1997 or whatever, 95. Why is that so hard? Why do they say present day? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I mean, because, yeah, it's definitely not 2020 in this movie. <laughs> no, and it make it makes the whole thing feel so stupid when that happens. And he goes present day, and they're they like they're typing things on their computer, but they can't send email. They got to print it out and fax it in one scene. <laughs> 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 present day. <laughs> so anyway, movie suffers from a horrible director that we'll get to. This movie was so badly directed. It's like the guy. It's like somebody gave the guy fifty million dollar budget, and that's what the budget was for this pile of shit. And he said, "How can I make this as big and obnoxious and as stupid as possible, but also about a virus that could p potentially kill everyone in the world, and also a love story?" And it's like, "Oh my god!" And after the virus comes back in the '90s, Dustin Hoffman and Kevin Spacey and Cuba Gooding Jr. go down there, and. They they walk into this village and there's like dead Africans everywhere again. And they're like, what is going on? And the, the virus is all nasty. People got like lesions coming on their skin and like they're bleeding out of their eyes. And and everyone's coughing and sick. And like they walk in and Cuba Gooding Jr. like immediately throws up in his like spacesuit and then takes his helmet off. Like it's it, he has been in the field of this pandemic virus less than five minutes he throws up in his suit and takes his mask off i don't care how fucking nasty that vomit smelled tasted felt on his face no fucking person ever in the world ever would take off their mask when you're surrounded by like hundreds of dead africans with some unknown virus it was so dumb it was so forced anyway Fast forward, the, out, the virus gets in this monkey. The monkey gets shipped to America illegally for some reason. Some guy in a boat 
some Asian guy in a boat has a pet monkey for like the ship ride back. Then he gives it to like, I don't know, some sort of San Jose animal place, a- animal shelter. And Patrick Dempsey gets it. And Patrick Dempsey like likes monkeys and he steals this little monkey and he bribes the door guard to like, let him out. And then he goes and he tries to sell the monkey to like a pet store owner. The pet store owner gets this wild monkey from Africa immediately. As soon as he brings this monkey to him, he, the pet owner immediately takes the monkey out of the cage and lets it start running around his store where it proceeds to scratch and bite him in the arm. And he's like, Oh, how could you bring this animal in here? It's like the dude literally just said it came from Africa off a boat. You've had it less than 30 seconds in your possession and you've set it free and it's bit and scratched you. And now you're infected. You bitch, you pet store owning bitch. And uh, (laughs) then Patrick Dempsey decides to go see his girlfriend and he can't sell the monkey for some reason. So he's going to turn the monkey loose in the forest. He's he's such a do-gooder, this Patrick Dempsey. He's such a nice guy after he smuggled the monkey, you know, out of the animal testing facility, bribed the guard and tried to sell it illegally on a third market. He's such a good guy. He's going to release the monkey. We're going to like this guy is what the director's saying. He's He's a good person. And so while he's driving the monkey out of the forest, the monkey like spits in his mouth from the back seat of its car through a cage through the car seat somehow oh my gosh (laughs) the monkey spits in his let me say that again the monkey is in a cage in the back seat of his car behind the the driver's seat it spits it goes through the cage through the driver's seat through the guy's like whatever other protection he's got going on into patrick dempsey's mouth and patrick dempsey is now infected Patrick Dempsey sets the monkey free, gets on a plane feeling like shit, and goes home to see his girlfriend. He lands in the airport, and his girlfriend finds him, and he looks like death. He looks like a zombie. Like, he he looks like he's about to die. And what does she decide to do? She immediately French kisses him. That's what people do, right? When your boyfriend or girlfriend looks like they're about to fucking fall in a coffin, let's make out. So, needless to say, she gets it too. No way. These two people get sick, Patrick Dempsey and this woman, and they're really bad. Somebody at the hospital or something, this is where it gets really confusing. There's somebody at the hospital that took a blood sample for Patrick Dempsey, and he's doing some sort of blood work, I guess, in like a little lab in the hospital. And while doing the blood work, the blood proceeds to explode up into his face. <laughs> this is what I was talking. This is what I was telling you about this scene. The scene makes no sense. Like he's like, was he like eating a sandwich too, or like? Yeah, he was. He was listening to a Giants baseball game. <laughs> That's and right. He's eating a sandwich, doing blood work on this highly infectious man who just came into the hospital with an unknown illness, and. He, and I don't even know how it happened, but somehow the blood explodes, and it doesn't show it. I, I'm not even explaining it wrong to you. It doesn't show what happened. Out of out of camera, the blood explodes upward onto his face. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and then he goes to his superior and says, oh, no, I've been doused in infected blood. What should I do? And he's like, ah, you're fine. I know that guy that came in with that blood just died of some horrible <laughs> unknown illness. And I know I'm the head doctor here at the hospital. And I know he's got doused in it. But you're fine. Why don't you go to your why don't you go to the movies with your wife? <laughs> That's right. Then he goes to the movies. He, <laughs> so goes, he goes to the movies and this scene is it's like the worst scene you've ever seen in your life. <clears throat> There's all these people 
in the lobby and everybody in the lobby has like a jumbo popcorn that's like being held out for anybody to like reach in and grab it or, <laughs> you know, maybe cough on it. So everyone's walking around with these jumbo popcorns and then he comes out of the movie feeling like shit. The dude that got the blood explosion in his face and he proceeds to start hacking and vomiting and coughing and begging people for water all over this movie theater. And this is in a town called, I think they call it Cedar Creek, California. Yeah. And this is kind of where the the public gets involved because this triggers an event where everybody at that at that movie theater gets sick and starts dying. So that's when like everyone gets wind that oh there's a virus, there's an outbreak. These two people died in Boston. That's Patrick Dempsey. And then there's then there's this other group of people that are all dying of something in California. So that's when Dustin Hoffman's little organization gets involved and his ex-wife is Renee Russo and she works for some other public health organization. CDC. Yeah, who happens to work in tandem with them for some unknown reason. Doesn't make sense except to, you know, make it easier on the screenwriter. So all the public health people get involved and they like quarantine this town. And then the military is like, they like give up on the town and they're like, we're going to blow up the town. Dustin Hoffman's like, you can't blow up the town. And he's like, we're going to blow it up. I'm Donald Sutherland and I've, I've blown up towns before in Africa and I'll blow up this town too. And then it becomes this whole big stupid, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it other than the rest of the movie is about Dustin Hoffman trying to find the cure in time before the military blows up the town. So he's got to find the monkey that he doesn't know exists yet in the forest uh, two you know half a day south from there within less than two days he and he does it <laughs> and he okay so he and Cuba Gooding Jr. They pretend to be military personnel that they aren't. To keep in mind, they're in the military, by the way. And I don't know how to... <laughs> <laughs> and him and Cuba Judy and Cuba steal like a helicopter. And the, they, the rest of the movie, they use this helicopter like a taxi. I swear to God. They fly <laughs> to like nine different places up and down California within the movie span of like four movie hours. <laughs> they fly to like San Francisco to Cedar Creek, back to San Jose to check the animal. Like it's so stupid. It's it's like a video game where you where you like say, uh, fast travel to here, and then they do, and it's just like instant. Like that's what keeps happening within this really tight time window before the bomb goes off. And Cuba Gooding Jr. is flying Dustin Hoffman all over the place. They fly to the boat where the monkey was first transported, and they're like, and and they can't land on the boat. So, like, the helicopter hovers near the boat, and Dustin Hoffman jumps out of the helicopter into, like, a life, a life raft on this Chinese boat. And he's like, I'm a doctor. Does anyone know anything about this virus? And they don't speak English, and they take him down. To, <laughs> they take him down to, like, the gallows, where they find, a like, a, a, a dead, rotting Asian man who had definitely died of the virus. Now... Why this is so interesting is that they're on a giant boat less than a day's ride off San Francisco. And Dustin Hoffman himself said earlier in the movie, we'll be able to find this boat. They just left the port to go back out to sea less than a day ago. <laughs> Yet they have this dead, rotting Asian carcass that has to be at least two weeks old at this point down in their gallows. And it's just totally normal. 
like they didn't they didn't decide to get rid of the body in San Francisco when they ported. They just, eh, you know, let's take it back to China as is. They didn't put him in a coffin or anything. He's just sitting there rotting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so they so Dustin Hoffman finds out that this guy had a pet monkey. And so then him and Cuba Gooding Jr. hop back in the helicopter and they fly to a Santa Rosa live TV station. And they, with guns, they commandeer a news broadcast and say, my name is Dustin Hoffman. I'm with the World Health Organization. If anybody's seen a monkey like this, I need to know right away. So anybody who was watching live TV, which they continued to roll for the public for God knows what, as hostile military folks are taking over the news station, they continue to roll. And then this woman who luckily is watching the news at the time says, yes, my daughter's been seeing that monkey. So oh my they gosh. Come and they, so then they have to set up like a little sting operation with like the little girl who pretends to like feed the monkey some apples and Cuba Goody Jr. is like in the wood, like with, in the woods with like a dart pistol, like waiting to like shoot the monkey. And she keep, the little girl keeps standing away. Anyway, long story short, they shoot the monkey with the dart and when they do it does like this close-up cutaway of the monkey's face going ah! <laughs> <laughs> is i wonder if it's the same face that he's making on the movie poster there's this if you if you've ever seen the movie poster it's like it's dustin hoffman renee russo and morgan freeman and then and then there's a picture of the monkey like in a square box it does not make any sense at all like it's like the like monkey is like one of the main characters, um, and it's just a really weird poster. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, probably okay. the, it's probably the same face I'm seeing right now. I think it probably is. Um, and then anyway, uh, they get the monkey, they find the antibody, and then they produce within minutes, mind you. They take they take this drugged monkey back to the hospital in the quarantine town, and they like Cuba Goody Jr. like plugs something in, and it's like. Okay, I can extract the antibodies right here. They proceed to take blood from the monkey and develop a super antibody serum right then and there in less than 10 minutes. Walk it over to Renee Russo, who's dying from the virus at this point, which brings her temperature down within less than like five minutes. Like she's like at 106 and she's dying. And they inject this little serum that Cuba Gooding Jr. just made in his fucking ninja blender. And <laughs> she's, she's healthy in like two minutes, seriously. Oh my god. so... It was so stupid. And then what happens then? And then Dustin Hoffman has to tell the military, hey, don't blow the town up. I've got I've got a serum. All these people are going to live. It's not going to spread. Don't blow the town up. But the military doesn't want that. They want to kill everyone because they want to use this virus as a weapon someday, which is completely out of left. It's a completely bioterrorism as a weapon storyline is so left field at this point in the story. And the military's like, no, we're going to blow up the whole town. And so D Donald Sutherland, who's like this evil bad guy, and he's been sitting on this since the 60s, I guess, and has developed the antibody for the original strain, he orders this military strike, and he's like the head police chief honcho. And the only way to stop it is to get in their way. So Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dustin Hoffman get back in the helicopter, and they, they literally like go fly in the way of the bomber there they said their only way to stop you the only way to stop this plane is to get in its direct path of travel and i'm like what are you talking about it's a fucking plane why can't it we're talking about airspace how does a little helicopter block like this giant military bombing it's so it doesn't make any sense 
And so like there's this bomber coming from the plane and there's this like stupid like um, dr drama where Dustin Hoffman and Cuba Gooding Jr. are like, hold, hold in the helicopter because they think they're going to crash into it. And just at the last second, the helicopter veers off to the left and releases the bomb, and oh no, it misses and it hits the ocean. It misses by like 800 miles. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. It couldn't have been written worse that this bomb, like, that they could get in the way of a bomber over a town. It's so stupid. It doesn't make... Ugh. Wow. I so mean... in, in, the, in the end, they arrest Donald Sutherland for being corrupt, and Dustin Hoffman saves the day, and he produces the antibody, and everyone's happy. I feel and like that's th the end. And it was two hours and eight minutes of this fucking shit. Well, good on you for finishing it. I got to the yeah. I got to the movie scene part, and or actually, and then I think yeah, that's like where I kind of, I think that's where I fell asleep at. And I never I like and I had fallen asleep like a couple times before that trying to start it. And uh, that's about as far as I made it. So I'm happy you saved me the time. Um, I'm so annoyed at Brennan. He texts me, right? And he's like, we need to get back on the podcast. We need to watch Outbreak. We need to get reach out to our friends. Then, then we like agree to watch Outbreak. And I, it's awful, right? And I'm like, oh my God. And like watching it is like, it's like doing burpees or like your least favorite homework. It is like, it's like the last thing in the world you want to be doing. And I forced myself to watch it for two hours and eight minutes to find out this fucker watched the first like 25 minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's all I really needed to watch, apparently. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not good. Um, it's not even bad good. You know what I mean? It's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, 80s action, bad good. It's just bad. It's so stupid and heavy handed. Um, I feel like they like like if this movie cost fifty million dollars, they must have used the budget on like helicopters. The, the the slow zoom zoom ins when like in the movie theater when like the guy coughs and then all of a sudden like it goes into like you start seeing all the like water particulates go and then go start spreading and it's like really bad like CGI. Um, that's must that must have been what they spent all the money on. No, I'm and, telling you, it was helicopters. helicopters. There has got, there has got to. Be, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not even talking about the helicopter chase sequence when, <laughs> when Cuba and Dustin outran two military helicopters that couldn't shoot them down for God knows why. They just kept missing because they suck. As I'm not even talking about the helicopter chase sequence. There has got to be another twenty to twenty-five gratuitous helicopter flyover scenes for absolutely no reason. Like you don't even know who's in them. Folks, it is so expensive to have a helicopter in your movie. And they have like five of them flying around in random formations for no reason, like 20 different times. It is it is unreal. You would never see this today. You would never see it. This this kind of waste from a movie you just wouldn't see. <laughs> um, CG. So, I mean, we've where do we go from here, Adam? I mean, what what did this movie what does this movie do for anyone like this movie's be become so popular because of what's going on in America right now does this movie even remotely touch on like what this doesn't even go into like this has this is nothing like what America's going through right now obviously and i don't know <laughs> <laughs> the people, the, the the civilians in this movie all act like white cops in a John Singleton movie. Everyone in this movie is like ah, rah, 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 to like everyone the whole time. Like you've never seen angrier people, in, and it's like it's just hysteria constantly. Everyone is aggressive and hysteric, and not wearing their masks, and not social distancing, and not staying <laughs> at home. 
not staying at home away from the fucking virus, which is where everyone would want to be. <laughs> no They're kidding. like, we're scared of this virus. Let's go to where the, let's go to where ground zero is. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did it, so dumb. isn't the scene though, when, so like they do a lot of plot hole stuff things like, cause you were like saying like they're in Africa and, um, and Cooper Goody Jr. Like pukes in his suit and takes off his helmet. But then doesn't like Dustin Hoffman say like, it's okay. It's not airborne. Like, doesn't that happen? Like, isn't there a lot of like plot holes, like, and stuff like that? Well, at the very beginning, like when they're in the, when they're in Africa, right after Cuba throws up on himself and undoes his mask. Yes. Some like random black guy, steps out of the shadows and goes don't worry it's not there oh okay that's like, what yeah, that's right um, and then but 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 you don't understand Bryn. the strain changes and oh. becomes airborne later in the movie mm. and that and, then, right. and let's bring that up for a minute so they have this town that's quarantined cedar creek california where there's like people are just dying left and right and they know it's airborne at this point. So what do they what do they do? They decide to like carry all these bodies out to like a barn and burn the barn. They incinerate the barn into the atmosphere for with the airborne diseased. <laughs> oh gosh. This is like this movie, this seems like it like I don't know like who wrote this script or I mean I don't I can figure that out obviously. I, I blame the I blame the director. Uh, I, I I imagine the script was bad, but he made it so much worse. <laughs> like I wonder how many like rewrites they did during this film. Like during this, he's like, like you, you know, this scene needs helicopters. Um, so we you talked a lot about Dustin Hoffman and uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, but there's like what I what was Morgan Freeman's character? Morgan Freeman's barely in it. He's okay. like Dustin Hoffman's boss, and he. He's kind of a double agent. Like Donald Sutherland is his boss and Donald Sutherland is evil. And mm. Donald Sutherland's kind of getting Morgan Freeman to do his bidding most of the movie. And that that puts a strain on his relationship with Dustin Hoff. But Morgan Freeman's barely in it. Dustin Hoff, Donald Sutherland's barely in it. Rene Russo's barely in it. Patrick Dempsey's this was this weird phase of Patrick Dempsey. Is like he was so popular in, in like the 80s to like the really early 90s. And then there's this stretch where he was not popular at all until Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> like, right. And he, and he was doing these really shitty roles in Wolfgang Peterson outbreak movies where he played like, you know, animal smugglers with hearts of gold. <laughs> um, and then what about Kevin? Kevin Spacey's just like a like helps out with like Dustin Hoffman and and like Kevin's. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's like on Dustin Hoffman's research team, and he's in it more than the others, but he's really not a critical character. I see. Um, it's real. It's really Dustin Hoffman and Cuba Gooding Jr. doing most of the shit most of the time. Yeah, and then but then they throw this. They throw in a weird love story with like Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo, right? Like, yeah, they're like they're divorced, but they still love each other and they still like share dogs and it's yeah. And like Dustin Hoffman, well, Dustin Hoffman still loves her, but it's 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 weak and it's so it's so added on later. You know what I mean? It's just like I I believe this script was written without a love story and they added it in. It just it, it gave nothing to the central plot of the movie. I mean, so what do you want to go to next? You you talk about all this movie dumb shit, um, or more dumb shit, I guess you say, and like the slow zooms we talked about, like but like the background over actors, like there's just like there's a lot of background actors in this movie, and they're just super awful. Like in the movie in the movie theater scene, especially, like it's just like 
everyone's overacting. It's it's some of the worst directing I've ever seen in my life. The movie theater scene, and then shortly thereafter, Rene Russo's team was like, all right, there's no more infected people in Boston. We've isolated the case, just the two. And, and then there's like this celebration sequence in her office. It is like the corniest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. It is so staged and forced, and all the actors are... Like, every movement just looks so mechanical. I, I can't... I don't know how to explain it other than it just looks like robots. Like, like they're telling... Like, somebody was telling those people exactly the angle and how to give high fives, you know? Like, in general, like that, you say, okay, after that, everyone celebrate. And that's, like, that's the direction you give them. And then the actors just make up whatever they do on their own because it looks natural. Or you could do what Wolfgang Peterson did. <laughs> <laughs> you can say, okay, you put your left hand on his knee. You pick up a flag and turn towards the camera. You over there, you kneel down and look up dramatically at him. Like, it's, it couldn't be more forced. And it's like everyone's arm movements is so over the top. I, I Oh, man, it's, it was so hard to watch. I, 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 wanna, I wish I had, could have seen that scene. Uh, I... To have no frame, but I, I definitely, uh, yeah, this movie just, I just feel like for, for whatever reason, like this movie does not deserve to be being watched right now and being the number <laughs> six, like, I feel like we're getting suckered into watching this terrible movie and, uh, and like Netflix should be like, just not, they should just like exclude it from, exclude it from showing up. Oh my God! Guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is? Gosh, I, fifty-three. Nope, it's fresh, just barely. It's set. No way! This movie's fresh. It's fresh. Is that the audience score? Or is that the critic <laughs> no, score? No, no, that's the that's the score. It's sixty percent. That's the minimum you need to be fresh. Oh my gosh! Really? It's the minimum amount of fresh. That's embarrassing. Was this movie? Oh, uh, let, you, let me let, let me read some re review that Dwayne Berg from the Hollywood Reporter, who's a top critic, wrote. Wolfgang Peterson's vigilant, enlivening direction never allows the story's death of mankind topic to undermine its personal powers. Deftly mixing in humor as well as other tonal lighteners to nurture it. I don't know you, Dwayne Berg, but you're a fucking idiot. That movie sucked, man. <laughs> there was no deft mixture of humor. <laughs> you just suck at reviewing movies, Dwayne Berg. Do Do you think there was a time when this movie was good? Like, do you think if back in the '90s, like we, this was like, because like this is like this movie is like essential, like '90s, like disaster movie, like. There's a ton of disaster movies, and like they're all, you know, overacted. They're all just very, um, what word am I looking for? Just very, uh, they're just very over the top. And like, I feel like this in the '90s might have been like not a good movie, but like, you know, an enjoyable like popcorn movie. But oh, he, it was it was a summer blockbuster. It came out in August. It grossed two hundred million, dude. Wow, I can't believe there wasn't an outbreak too. Yeah, maybe there was. <laughs> um, I, anyway, anyway, this was a really popular movie, and and at the time, the director was kind of a stud. Th this movie is like it's like when he started developing Alzheimer's or something. Like he was good until this. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> he made Das Boot. 
He did Never Ending Story 1, and he did In the Line of Fire with Clint Eastwood. Those are three really well-liked and well-received movies. Like, I, I have got some issues with, like, Never Ending Story, but, like, overall, I liked it. I certainly liked it when I was a kid. And then his fourth, like, big movie was Outbreak. And after that, he went complete shit. Like, you think Outbreak is bad? Watch Air Force One, which was his next movie, which is Harrison Ford, the president on a plane fighting terrorists. There's the scene where he has to cut cords to, to stop the bomb from blowing up, and he doesn't know which cords to cut, and they're all these different colors. So he has to, he has to pick three colors to keep and cut the rest. That's the only note he has. And he goes, okay, I'm counting on you, red, white, and blue. <laughs> That's the cords of the other. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then after Air Force One, he did the Perfect Storm, which is the dumbest fucking movie ever made with Marky Mark and Shooter <laughs> Shooter McGavin plays like an like a weatherman, and there's all these slow zoom ins on the weatherman in that movie where he goes, "Oh my god." <laughs> It's so, <laughs> it's so stupid and then he made troy which is also stupid like this guy sucks now outbreak was the turn wolfgang peterson sucks yeah i mean there's a i mean air force one isn't horrible i mean it, it's not as bad as outbreak no i i agree it's actually not as bad as outbreak if i was ranking them but it's pretty bad right it's pretty stupid. um no i yeah the and, but, and the other ones but in the line of fire was good yeah, I mean, that movie... And Das Boot was good. And I mean, like, this guy, it's like he knew how to do action at one point. And then this, like, it doesn't make sense. It's, that's, if you, if you pay attention, artists are the best when they're starving. Mm. And then they get a little bit of fame and they get just the right combination of ambition, starvings that are left over, and notoriety and money and then like that's why everyone's second or third movie is like their best movie and then it then it tanks and you you look at any great filmmaker over time and there is like a there's like a an arc to quality and there, there's like always a turning point and wolfgang peterson is among the best examples of that and among the sharpest downturns i would say <laughs> um yeah that's fair i i'm 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 trying to think of like directors that are like that were good and then this totally uh, went crap but uh uh, uh tarantino Tarant you don't you um and let's not get into this um yeah let's not <laughs> we, we can do that in another tarantino episode um uh, kevin smith <laughs> the kevin smith is a great example um who are these fucking idiots they're still going and watching jay and silent bob part nine when they're both like 50 years old like <laughs> and, and they think and these people think that stucci boochies is clever dialogue it's like oh man this shit, this is so stupid well oh, i hate kevin's Ke i like i like i like red state i'll say that but i don't like kevin's i he just he's he has a cult following it's just like the same as like quentin tarantino but like now kevin smith is just like redoing all his stuff like you know like yeah and because he doesn't have new ideas because he's not that talented that's fair i mean they're they're producing another clerks three so whoever thought there needed to be a, a second one I, i'm not sure but uh, uh if you're a fan of snoochie boochies in that shit please tell me email the show and tell us why what, what is good about that dial that whole Jason Muse, I'm gonna just gonna make up words that rhyme and sound kind of like dirty words, but they're not. That's his whole shtick. That's funny, like 
twice in a movie. He's been doing it for like 20 years now. Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay, well, we've determined that Outbreak is not a good 90s movie. Um, and we, we disagree with Rotten Tomatoes. We disagree. We would not recommend watching this. And But that doesn't change the fact, Adam, that we're stuck in our house. What we should are stuck we, in our house. What should we be watching? What movies should we be watching? It, from the, let's keep it. Let's keep it topical to our show. But like nineties, like a like what's some good nineties okay. stuff that we could watch? Okay, um, it's not. It's a little bit later than nineties, but there is an awesome movie for free on Amazon Prime right now that you can all watch called Manhandlers. <laughs> it came out. In, it came out in two thousand twelve. Has a lot of great talent. Manhandlers on Amazon Prime, written by yours truly, directed by yours truly. I will put, you know what? I challenge Wolfgang Peterson to a direct off. <laughs> is, is, is Wolfgang Peterson still alive? I don't know. He has to be. He hasn't made a movie since 2000. He made like, he made, uh, speaking of bad movies, he like remade this like disaster movie called Poseidon that was from the 70s um, with like, uh, oh, I forgot his name is... Um, but uh, he made, he remade that movie, and then he had like a that was in two thousand six. Then he made another movie in two thousand sixteen. I I don't uh, never saw it. But um, anyways, yeah, you should uh, you should guys have should have a director a direct off. That makes a lot of sense. Anyway, don't you think they should watch Manhandlers? I you know Manhandlers would. I mean, I'm, that's all I've been looking at for the last like you know forty eight minutes yeah. is a image of manhandlers so yes go watch manhandlers um, right and then if you need more 90s stuff after that check out our library in our past episodes there's a lot of great shit for most sure. of the stuff we most of the stuff we review we like yeah i mean i think we we're just doing this for you know it's kind of clickbaity like you know people are you know they're i, I look, this searching outbreak right now there's multiple like youtube people who review movies that have done it over the last week um you know, if you want to watch uh, movies about like into the world type of stuff or like similar, like a, a good one is Contagion. That's actually a a decent movie about ah. like stuff. It's better than Outbreak. Um, Everything's better than Outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bar to be compared to. <laughs> um, you know, Twenty Eight Days Later, Danny Danny Boyle. That's a that's a good like zombie type of like that's not i wouldn't call it's a zombie movie i guess but like it's, it's hard yeah that one that one didn't age that well for me it hasn't not i haven't i've only ever watched it once i saw it in the theaters um i don't i don't like that at the end it wasn't about zombies it was about like military guys trying to rape the girls i was like this is like too much that's true um but yeah i mean outbreak uh, bill is, go ahead i was gonna say bill and ted bill and ted's bogus journey Ooh, that's that's cabin, a good one. Cabin Fever. Um, cabin Fever's good. Cabin Fever is that a '90s movie? The original? No, it's like '03 though. Oh, okay. Cabin Fever. That's um, who? What director that, is that's that? That's Eli, Eli Roth. Roth. Yeah. That's like his coming out movie. Um, yeah. Just go look at you know look what we've done. Look at uh um what we've done. Yeah, what we've covered. Um, The Wizard. I mean, that's a better '90s movie than Outbreak. Um, ooh, un- ooh, underrated virus movie, not 90s, is uh, the new Planet of the Apes franchise. The first two parts, the one with James Franco and the first one. And ooh, the, yeah. The second. Those two are really good, and that's all about a virus. 
That's true. Um, well, yeah, that is weird. That is about a virus, isn't it? Um, and those, those, the, I didn't like the third one. I thought it was kind of boring, but I really liked the first two of the remade series. Yeah, the last one is really kind of out there. The, you know, they're remaking that again. Um, they're well, like, people- they're not, they're going to reboot it again. Like that's the, the, they're bringing Marky Mark back. No, no, they're not. They're going to reboot it, reboot it for the, like the fourth time. I, I think, I guess. Got, um, it. Got it. Yeah. What are some other good end of the world movies? Um, some good end of the world movies like Godzilla. No. Um, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Oh five. Tom Cruise. Not bad. Tim Robbins. Mm, yeah. Um, not can, t- not bad. You can watch nineties. You know nineties. Um, Godzilla. That's with uh, Matthew Broderick and The Professional. Um, you know, that you want to talk about really awfully directed movies. That Godzilla movie, oh my God. Like, I, I if it's not for like Jean, Jean Reno and um, Hank Azaria, that movie is unwatchable. You don't like Matthew Broderick in it? I think Matthew Broderick and the blonde lady that's the lead love interest in that movie. I think those are two of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life. Mm, I think fair. it's just terrible. Um, other end of the world movies, um, The Matrix. That's kind of like the end of the world. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, um, I got one from the the eighties, Night of the Creeps. It's pretty good. Never seen it. Uh, I'll have to. I'll check that one out. Um, yeah, it's kind. It's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like Slither. Have you seen Slither? I have not. I don't watch. Oh, I don't watch horror Slither's movies. Slither's awesome. Oh, um, um, have you watched the movie Turbo Kid? Turbo. Oh yeah, I love Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid's awesome. Um, that came up as a movie to watch for the you know end of the world type of uh, movie. Oh yeah, um, that's a good one. You know what? You guys should watch that one. That one's independent. You should go support that one. It's really well done. Um, uh, after After Manhandlers, watch Turbo Kid. If you really want to see a really depressing movie based on a really good book, it's a uh, uh, the road was was pretty is a so you watch really depressing movies about viruses, but you won't watch horror movies. I just don't like horror movies. I don't know. I mean, I just don't enjoy them. Mad. All right. How about Mad Max? Oh, that's Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that's like isn't that's like Fury, one of your favorite movies, right? Oh, Mad Fury Max. Road, I mean, Fury Road and the original Road Warrior. I love both of those movies. Yeah, those are really good. Um, what's your opinion on uh, I Am Legend with uh, the Will Smith? Eh, it's okay. I, mean, I, don't, I don't hate it. It's just it's just okay to me. It's one of those movies I saw in the theater, and like, um, I felt like there was there was a lot more opportunity to do cool shit, and most of it was Will Smith alone with his dog. Mm, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, Children of Men uh, is all right. Um, yeah, that's all right. Wasn't that like Oscar nominated? Probably, I don't know. Um, I feel like I feel like it was. I feel like it may have won even. That didn't win Best Picture. Oh, it won something. I I remember that. I uh, remember just expectations for that being so high, and I saw it, I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, Zombieland, the original. I mean, not the original, but the the first one, not the sequel, is really good. Um. Can't speak to the sequel. Um, that's a good like zombie end of the world type movie. Um, 
So, and obviously the one of the best movies about the world ending is the Terminator in Terminator Two. So, um, go watch those. <laughs> um, and the Mighty Ducks. We've done a lot of um, movies. Mighty, over- du- <laughs> Mighty Ducks is a great end of the world. Movie. <laughs> talking about what are you bringing up the mighty ducks for sorry i'm like looking at movies about the end of the world and then i'm also looking at all the movies we've done in the last like year you're like listing off all these depressing (laughs) of the world movies and you yeah and the mighty ducks (laughs) um so it's i mean we're gonna get all shut in here soon it's the end of the world here and you know it's not going to end but you know for for right now it feels like the end of the world you know if there's ever a time like do you feel like does it kind of make you do you kind of feel like you're living like in the apocalypse like is it kind of do you are you getting i think, I th- I think all of us that are being a hundred percent honest with ourselves recognize that we could die like there's a low percentage right but i think i think what's scarier to me and I'm going to reference some of the movies you just mentioned is that this is that this current virus mutates. Like how do we, like we know so little about this virus. We know that it's current strain is like 97% mortality rate. Um, or excuse me, 3% mortality rate. Right. And uh, that doesn't scare us, but who's to say that if you catch it, you don't become a zombie in two years or who's to say it doesn't mutate into something more malignant next. Like, you know what I mean? It's still scary because it's unknown. And people that have their chests out and are telling everyone how they're being, you know, pansies and whatever is like, you, I hope you guys die first. That's it. <laughs> there is a bit of like a broness to like people who are like, oh, I'm not going to, who cares if I get sick? Or there's just like, people aren't taking this seriously enough. Like, there's a reason why we're we're needing to social distance ourselves is because we're we can spread this to everyone and if everyone got that got this and there is a three percent mortality rate, that means like of you know it means if you spread it to hundred people, three of them are gonna die. Yeah. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's three more deaths that I want to cause ever in my life. Like it's 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 so reckless. And it's I don't know. Uh, I just want Darwin to take over. I just want them to die. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen, but uh, I, I can't, you know, you know, if, I'm you, saying if, if, if you're, be, if, lose, if you're being reckless, yes, you know, maybe this if is, we have to lose 3%. Wouldn't you rather lose the most reckless 3% than our seniors? Who doesn't love seniors? That's true. Like compared <laughs> to these jag offs, let these jag offs die. I love seniors. That, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I think I don't want anyone to die, but yeah, if you're being reckless and you kind of deserve it, <laughs> um, so, and so, so yeah, you're right. It is kind of apocalyptic, but then there's this other side of you where you're really just sitting around watching Netflix in your pajamas. Right. It's well, like, like not that scary. You know? <laughs> I think, I mean, once this affects like everyone and if this affects everyone and then like we start losing stuff like internet or we started losing stuff like you know our water we can't like you know then i think that's a time where it's gonna get really scary so um if if, uh, i don't think we'll i don't think we're gonna get there but you know there's really you know crazy things that there's crazier things that could happen so you know what corona needs what it needs 
a healthy, famous person to die for people to take it seriously. Oh, God. It needs, it needs Derek Jeter to die. It needs somebody that's very well-liked, too. It can't be somebody you don't care about. It can't be, you know, Kanye West. It needs to be, <laughs> it needs to be somebody that is lar- has a large approval rating. I'm telling you. Well, I, I feel like I feel like people were really freaked out last week when when Tom Hanks was, you know, tested yeah, positive for it. What about millennials? We need something to scare them up. We need to we need to get Hannah Montana infected. You want to be scared? Just go look at what's happening in Italy right now. You know, we're about two weeks behind Italy, and they it's terrible there. If you want to get scared, go read about what's going on in Italy right now. Because if we don't start social distancing ourselves, then we're going to end up like what Italy, what's going on in Italy. If, and we probably will end up what's going on in Italy. Which isn't fun for no. anyone. And all you jagoffs that think you're cool and tough by spitting in the wind on this, like I hate you. And again, I if someone has to die, I hope it's you. Yeah, I'm currently watching a video of a beach in Florida, and it's all these people that are just at the beach hanging out like nothing's going on. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, so people people are just tempting death. You're just tempting death. You yeah. know, you're not being cool or defiant. You're just being reckless. Yeah. And and what's what's so frustrating is you're not always tempting your death. If you're a young person, you're tempting. Those that you probably don't even know that you'll come in contact with. For sure. Well, let's leave it at that. You guys, everyone stay safe. Please social distance yourself. Stay, yeah, just stay safe. And uh, go watch better movies and Outbreak and TV shows and play video games. You know, there's a, there's a lot of fun we could be having right now. Oh, the new Doom game that just came out looks sick. Have you seen the videos for that? I have. Yeah, it does look really good. I, this might it be looks a, so cool. This might be a good time to get back into playing some uh, some videos. Oh, and thank you for sending me a Breath of the Wild. I just got in the mail yesterday. So, oh, you're welcome. Thank you for loaning it to me for so long. Um, um, Doom, the new Doom game, seriously looks like like Halo in hell. Like it just looks so cool. I'll have to check it out. Um, well, awesome, Adam. Let's uh, let's close yeah, this so, up. Thank you all for listening to Super 90s Brothers. Uh, We're going to keep asking you for those five-star reviews on iTunes. Please take care of us on that as we take care of you. Um, You can email the show at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter and Brennan's Instagram at The Digital Craftsman. And uh, we'll release another show when we release another show. we got to stop putting timelines and things on it. But we will try and do it when we can. And, uh, yeah, for Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another virus-tingling episode of our show, and we thank you so much for listening. Peace.